coldest story, the coldest story, coldest story. What is up, everyone? It is your host, Evan, here. I am super excited for today's segment. We're going to talk about one of my favorite Netflix series, Black Mirror, because the show actually today just released an interactive film. Yeah, I said that, an interactive film. This is something I've never seen before. And uh, if you haven't checked out the show, then I'd say turn off this podcast right now and start binging. Uh, I guarantee you'd probably be more entertained. No, but seriously, don't turn off this podcast because later on in the show, I'm going to blow your mind and hopefully answer a question everyone seems to ask. Are we alone in this ever-expanding universe? Thanks for staying tuned, and we'll be right back. Alright, we are back, folks, and I am super stoked to discuss this new interactive film that Blackbeard has just released. I'm a huge fan of this show for definitely a lot of reasons. Uh, the way they can portray futuristic tech going horribly wrong, honestly, it just differentiates this Netflix series from any other TV show I've ever seen. The show could be really dark and messed up, but that's why I seem to get this itch to keep on watching. If I never saw this show before and someone told me to watch and gave me a brief gist of what it's about, I probably wouldn't think too much of it. I'm more of an optimistic person when it comes to tech in the future, but seeing the other side and what could go wrong with these new advancements definitely blows my mind. I won't spoil too much, it's not really the point of this segment about the series, because honestly, I'm just going to talk today about what the show has recently released. But if you're sitting here listening and have never watched the show, which you should, I'd love to give you some of my favorite episodes so maybe you can start off the show watching that. Um, Playtest in Season 3 is really trippy, and honestly to this day the ending still baffles me. And also my favorite Black Mirror episode, Crocodile, uh, it was released in the most recent season, is really dark and messed up, but the plot's so good, so definitely check those out. Okay, um, I mean, if you haven't watched the show, by the way, every episode is independent of each other, so you can start watching at whatever season you want. There really is no set order. Anyways, I want to talk about this film that the show has just released because it's pretty interesting to see a concept that allows a user that's watching to determine the outcome of what happens next. This is pr definitely pretty neat. Uh, making decisions for characters in a show like Black Mirror, it really just amps up the intensity of the film, and all Black Mirror episodes are like that. When I heard about this choose-your-own-adventure interactive film back in November, I started to think about what Black Mirror is trying to accomplish with this. It seemed to me almost like a sinister social experiment that the past four seasons have warned us about. 
I mean, what analyst would pass up the opportunity to survey the choices of millions of Netflix users? Am I, I mean, am I allowed to say that? I think I'm right for saying that. I don't know. That's just the vibe I kind of originally got from this. If, if none of what I just said phased you at all, then you're probably already part of Black Mirror's target audience. So, sorry. My first adventure through the film, um... I felt really bad for what I was making Stefan do, who Stefan's the main character. I'll give you a little background later, but forcing him to kill his father and spoiler and cut up his body parts seemed a little excessive, but I was kind of just going for the worst possible situation to see the outcome. Um, I'm going to be honest, the power I had was not very entertaining. Uh, when I watched Black Mirror episodes, I really enjoy not knowing what's to come, and I think a lot of people feel the same way about that. Um, and picking the pathway in this film, it, it just felt odd. What I'm trying to say is I felt that this film and its interactivity, it took away from what Black Mirror truly is. Wait, did I just go a minute or two without even saying the, what the film's called? Okay. Alright, well, to give a, little, give a little background, it's titled Bandersnatch. Basically, Bandersnatch, it's a video game with a lot of popularity. You play the game by making different decisions at various forks in the storyline. And what's kind of crazy, or not so much crazy, but different about the f this film is that I'm pretty sure that this is the first storyline that's set in the past and not the future. I could be wrong, but I feel certain that all the other seasons were taking place in some futuristic time period. Well, I mean, I guess San Junipero, now that I think about it, was taking place in the past, but it really wasn't at the same time. Um, I could be wrong, but, well, I don't want to spoil that episode too much, but it honestly doesn't matter because that one sucked, so I'm not going to, I'm not going to sit here and spoil all the possible outcomes that occur in this film. You're going to have to do that on your own time, and I really just don't want to bore you with that, but the story opens up with the main character, Stefan, who's uh, he's a young game designer. He, he seems to me like any computer science major, very stressed. He can flip out at any moment. Um, Stefan, he goes to some video game design company. He pitches Bandersnatch. They love the idea, and it gives him or they give him kind of like a small window to create this perfect game, and you probably can see where this is going. Forcing a coder to finish a soon-to-be-popular video game in a very short time frame, I, I really couldn't see much going well in this situation. Um, he's forced to spend long sessions coding by himself. He's I feel like he's always isolated. Um while also being forced to do shit that I tell him. <laughs> Stefan then meets the uh, equivalent of, it, like, an Elon Musk to me, which is the character Colin. Colin's also a well-known video game coder person, whatever you call him. Basically, from here on out, you're on your own. I just wanted to set the scene, if you haven't seen the film, or I guess I should say participated in creating the film. Yeah, I could definitely say that. Well... Bandersnatch, the video game, is its really similar to what I was doing while watching the film. That's a pretty obvious comparison that most people will make when watching this, but I definitely feel that there is a difference between 
the video game choices and the film's choices. Every decision I had to make when watching the film just seemed like one bad decision versus another bad decision. Like, halfway through the film on my second attempt, I guess you could say, I kept thinking, shit, I probably should have chosen the sugar puffs instead. Hopefully you get the reference, if not, just watch the damn film. But seriously, after watching it once, I, uh, I felt forced to do it again, not because my OCD was kicking in, but this, fi- this film, it just seems like it's not about Stefan, yet it's more about me, or you, or yeah, yeah, the audience. Oh my god, this would be the perfect time to insert the Spider-Man pointing at Spider-Man meme. Oh, wow, that'd be great. But no, this is a podcast. Um, but seriously, from what Black Mirror has taught me from its first four seasons, it's this idea of reflecting on my own ugliness back to myself. If that makes any sense. No, yeah, it definitely does. The freaking show is called Black Mirror, implying that when you stare at your phone when it's off, that's a black mirror. Staring back at yourself through the technology that we're all just consumed by, Maybe Black Mirror just needs to chill because I love my tech and this show won't change that, but I hope you get what I'm saying. Sometimes it's not the technology that's the problem, it's us. We have choices every day to deal with technology or just say no to it in general, but the more people say no to tech advancements, I mean, does it really matter that the tech industry is just going to grow and grow, so there really is no way of stopping it. Whoa, yo. Power thought. Whoa. Okay, stick with me. If Stefan said that this game is an illusion of having free will, isn't Black Mirror just doing the same thing to us? No, seriously. If we're under the illusion that we're given the choices to pick Stefan's path, but in reality, Black Mirror is always just making us redecide the right choice, aren't we just being controlled by Black Mirror? Jesus, I did not think I'd get this in-depth with it. Yeah, so my brain kind of hurts after saying all this, but I kind of just wanted to end this segment with you understanding the beauty of a film like this. Black Mirror has never released anything like this before. This show has managed to create like a sort of game for the audience while also creating a dark side by leaving you to want more while also kind of hating yourself for making certain choices. I don't know, this film was just crazy in general. So many comparisons going on that it's hard to truly understand what Black Mirror was just going for. If I had to guess about after talking about all this, I think Black Mirror just loves messing with my head. Every single episode, it's the same shit. I'm just always so confused. They're really good with that concept, and props to them, they will always keep me as a loyal fan. We will be right back with a topic switch to mess with your mind even more. Welcome back and thank you for staying tuned. This part of the show I'm extremely excited for. Um, We're going to talk about a question that I lose sleep thinking about and same with a lot of other people. It's whether or not we're alone in this universe. I've done research, aka I've watched a lot of YouTube videos and read a few books, but 
It really is so intriguing. Our universe is so freaking big and, well, it's getting bigger. The thing, it's expanding and it has been since the Big Bang. If you don't believe in aliens or you do believe in green-looking Martian people, then stick with me because I'm going to try and do my best to explain why life on another planet is more than likely. I'm sure if you have thought about this, which pretty much every person has, I can assume that you never really got a, a proper explanation as to why we could be alone. So, I want to first start off by saying that the likelihood of being alone is very tiny. Like, very, very tiny. A.K.A. we aren't alone if you haven't gotten the hint. If life were to, let's say, first start today on Earth, it would have taken about four and a half billion years for that to happen. That's a lot of time. And I think you could agree with me by saying that this thing we called life, it's, it's pretty hard to happen. I like to say that nature had the biggest struggle, and, I, and come on, that's pretty easy to understand, but wait, that's not exactly what happened. We have the ingredients of life here on Earth, a.k.a. the periodic table, but they the thing is, they also aren't just here on Earth. These are everywhere. They're everywhere in the universe. Everyone knows hydrogen and oxygen are pretty common, and when they come together, you get water. And when I say pretty common, what I mean, I'm trying to say is they're extremely abundant. Also, we're carbon-based, so... I think you could agree that these ingredients are everywhere. And I always say that the universe is kind of like the recipe for those ingredients. Hopefully you're sticking with me because this isn't too complicated. <laughs> but besides from the ingredients, you need the right conditions. When you think about life on other planets, you have to think about whether Earth is unique in any way. So for the very, very small area where we have explored, which isn't much. I'm going to have to look this up, but I'm safe to say that we have found like dozens of planets similar to Earth. And when I say similar to Earth, I'm meaning these planets have a star that resembles somewhat of what our galaxy is like with the sun. So we're getting there. Stick with me, please. So scientists have recently figured out that early life could have started about 4.2 billion years ago. So what I'm saying is that the Earth was around for about a half a billion years and then life happened. Do you get it? Something happened all by itself. Earth was able to create life. Everything came together that I talked about. The conditions, the ingredients. So theoretically, if we could, which right now we can't and Honestly, I don't know if ever we were to search every planet in our galaxy rather than the whole universe just because I'm trying to be a little realistic. And let's just say we found no life on any of those planets. This is when we got to have to look back at Earth and think, well, what's different about us? Why aren't those planets like us and why, why can't they have life? The sun isn't odd. Neither is the size or mass of Earth. The fact that there's water... Like, none of this is really that odd because the universe supplied those ingredients for such to happen. It makes sense. So, what I'm trying to say is, 
we would have to find that unusual or odd thing that happens nowhere else in the universe. So it would really just have to be so rare that one in billions of planets or ever many planets there are out there. But here we go, you made it to my never-ending point. Out of all of those planets, we know for a fact that they have those same ingredients that we have. It's very hard to argue, in science at least, that we're alone by saying that we're the only planet that can have life. So, those people that think we are alone, like a lot of religions saying that God made us and no one else doesn't really add up. You, I always say, like, you can't infer that God created us and also infer his intentions. There's just no evidence for this, is what I'm trying to say. Unless news comes out saying that we're the only ones in the universe and there's concrete evidence backing this up, you can't make that assumption. I mean, you could, and millions do. But for me, at least, it really just doesn't add up. Unless you find, like, Chemical X or an Element X, which is God, then your argument isn't valid. So you're probably mad confused, but stick with me because hopefully I can help you with like a little example, maybe, I don't know. Maybe nothing will help, but... Alright, picture this. Imagine our timeline of the universe as the length of a football field. One end zone being the Big Bang, and the other end being present day then I would say that the thickness, the tiny, tiny width of a blade of grass would be the time from, I don't know, the cavemen to modern day. Yeah, pretty crazy, right? So when the Catholic Church says that God created us and only us in this universe, it'd be hard to say what the far end zone all the way to the one yard line accounts for. Like, what's all the other stuff for? If really all of this was created for us and God created all of this for us, then why did we miss out on so much of the timeline? Why wait so long? So if I were to, let's say, flip this, and let's say we do find life on other planets. I don't know, it's just a thought, but does that give you a reason to abandon your religion? I don't know, these are all just thoughts, but... If you get what I'm saying, then you would understand why those two things just, I don't know, don't add up. Alright, so if you're interested in this stuff, then go out and learn more to understand it, because it really is mind-blowing. If you feel like I didn't give you a straight answer, then yes, I think it is highly unlikely that we're alone in this universe. I appreciate your time, and thank you as always for staying tuned. We'll see you next time.